0: about co-housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. co Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We're developing the first co-housing project in Texas, and we're really glad you found us today. Okay. Hey, Lynn. Hey, Kelly. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. I'm so glad you have chosen to come hang out with me here. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) But it
1: doesn't feel as loosely hang out as I would like it to, because you've just told me you have a hard stop
0: deadline in your busy life. I know. It's true. But on the bright side, you and I get to hang out with some frequency, so it does not feel like a shot. But I'm just I, so a here's a podcast time. about a podcast. This is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I listened to a podcast um, on the a Klein show. He was uh, interviewing a woman named Sheila Lemming, and she was has written a book called The Hangout Manifesto, uh, hanging out the radical power of killing time. And I immediately was smitten. I was just smitten. And so then I sent it to you, in. <laughs> <laughs> and demanded that you listen immediately. And I'm, I'm very
1: obedient. So what did I do? I went, um, I've ske- I mean, I just, within minutes said, okay, I'm going for a walk. And I started listening.
0: <laughs> it's not really twisting
1: your arm to get you to go for a walk and listen to something. No, no. But I, I tell you what, I mean, I was almost walking into trees and cars and who knows what, because Every hundred yards or less, I was having to stop and write a note. Oh my gosh, that was so incredible! Let me capture that. So
0: yeah, and from a co housing perspective, it just oh, yes. really took the things that you and I have spent a yeah. lot of time talking about. It took them to a new level. I think. Yeah. For me. Um, the first thing that she does. Well, Lynn, will you define since you took notes? Um yes. How does she define hanging out? Like, what is hanging out? Okay. Well, she
1: defines it as. Um, she says. Actually, her kind of full sentence on it, I was going to strip out some of it, is she says, daring to do not much and daring to do it in the company of other people. I never mm-hmm. thought of hanging out as being a dare kind of activity, right? but it has become that.
0: Yes. Oh, and that's so interesting because when I think, say to somebody like, oh, let's hang out what I actually mean is like, let's get coffee or let's, Mm -hmm. and I really do like always fall back on kind of some, um, acceptable social constructs as opposed to this, just do not much in the company of other people. That's really, that's really, really
1: changed my thinking about how I invite people to do things. Like maybe we should just start inviting people. Would you want to get together and do nothing?
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so spacious and lovely, doesn't it? It just, it's it, fantastic, it, but it's, it's kind I, of scary too. Like how would you fill the do nothing? Yeah. Like, what would we do?
1: <laughs> we might start, you know, like getting on the floor and turning our furniture into buildings like we did when we were kids <laughs> and
0: forts, yeah. Yeah.
1: Taking blankets and draping them across the couch and yeah. caves and
0: yeah. Playing games, making things. So, yeah. you
1: know, I I found that the podcast, we've heard a lot about all of the issues that have been arising and becoming more and more noticeable to our world to do with loneliness, isolation. I mean, there's article after article after article, but I promise everybody, this one is different. And I think the thing that was very different for me about it is that she gets really specific. Um, It's not this amorphous general, people are lost in their phones. They're not getting together. uh, They're not talking face to face or even on the phone anymore. I mean, she really, really got specific and really kind of nailed it and pinned a a lot of this on space and time to just be with each other.
0: Yeah. And so when they talk about space, they talk about hearkening back to experiences where you had, well, I guess both, right? I mean, space and time, Mm -hmm. hearkening back to experiences when you had more unstructured time in your life, which is harder for people to have nowadays. Mm -hmm. And then also when you were forced into a space where you had to share, um, not even where you had to share resources, just where you had to share space. You know, I think about um, my kids when at at school, when they have a day, like they had a big day of testing, you know, state standardized Mm -hmm. testing. And then at the end of the testing, they shoved all these kids into the uh gym and gave them decks of cards <laughs> and told them like to just, you know, be good. Don't don't oh, really. And then my daughter came home and she said, I had the best day at school. And I was oh. like, oh, why? I was like, how was testing? She's like, okay, fine. Testing was over. And then we went into the gym and we hung out. We played you know, games and we chatted and she was like, I got to see people who are not in my, they divide them up into, you know, these different groups. So they don't get to see each other as much. Anyway, she had the best day. Oh my gosh. Out. Mm-hmm.
1: I bet you one of those teachers read this book. I
0: wonder. <laughs> <laughs> or well, it's you- like, Good old fashioned, how how we used to have unstructured time because our parents didn't want to deal with us. Yes. Yes. Also, they'd had enough and they were like, just you mind yourselves. Well, you know,
1: I just find it fascinating that we're all striving for this new, more spacious life. You know, a lot if you look at all the ads, one of the things she talks about is advertisements for the thing that we're looking for is more isolation, beautiful, empty beaches, massive houses with no people in it. I mean, all this, we were even told like on the virtual fly-through of the conceptual design of our project, take the people out. Mm -hmm. And it just occurred to me, like it's a very interesting thing that that has been promoted. And yet, while we're all striving for this and working for this kind of spacious, separate, she calls it atomized life, Mm -hmm. we're also at the same time looking back longingly at our respective experiences from our youth. I mean, me, I I do look back a little bit at college, but I also look back a lot to skating on old metal roller skates in the street and going into the next door neighbor's house and having supper and then coming home and pretending to have supper again at my house. I mean, all this stuff, nobody knew where you were, you know, all of that is just a great fit. And we were doing bizarre things, you know, we, created all kind of weird things and we didn't have any kind of structure supervised. And for you, was, it was maybe, maybe was there a dominant kind of college
0: thing that came to mind for you or no, you know, actually you and I talked about this not that long ago um, about walking that to mm-hmm. me, it's really important. And I remember as a 14 year old, I was allowed to go out and walk. I, I lived mm-hmm. in a city where it was safe for me to go walk. And so, and I lived in a city that um, where you had real estate was just smaller, you know. And when I got sick of my family, which I did at 14, <laughs> them out, I would just go walk, you know, I would just go yeah. for a walk and just be out and meet people and chat and do whatever. And I think about that now. My children, we similarly live in smaller um, space. And when they have had enough of us, they Uh will also go for a walk through the neighborhood or go walk to, we have a local coffee shop that they can go walk to. And they often see people they know, or a, or they have experiences. Like there's this guy who walks, a. um, a bird of prey on his arm because he's acclimating it to the sound of cars and stuff. And so he, on one of the boulevards over here, he walks it. And so the girls one day, you know, had a conversation with him because they were out for a walk. And I just think those are the kinds of experiences that you gain when you don't have um, the, when you don't have the spaciousness that we have been told is what we want.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, you know, one of the things that she talks about, about people wanting to create space for is to turn away from these irritations and annoyances yeah. that are inevitable companions yeah. of, of, of people in your life that you can't really control. And, and she says, but you know, all of that comes at the expense of our long-term happiness. And so we, we've kind of slid into this and now we're suddenly waking up to, oh my gosh, this is coming at a great cost. Yeah. But I can
0: really see that these, because life is irritating in a smaller space. I mean, for sure it is, you know, you have to move things around or you have to, uh, you know, keep things tidier or different, or you just have more people who bump up against each other more often. I was thinking about driving and having my windows down too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, oh, I don't like to hear other cars or, you know, when people Mm. are playing music and it's so loud and annoying. But then I also thought, well, if I, if I roll them up all the time, then I also don't hear the birds and I don't hear the other. Mm. So, yeah, you get rid of the irritations, but you put yourself in a bubble then. So you also kind of just flatten out the life. Yeah, it's kind of anesthetic or sterile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think even driving a car versus, you know, taking a walk or taking... Yes, you know, exactly. Bus, you're going to have all kinds of experiences if you take public transportation. Well,
1: so so this got me to thinking about, okay, because she she introduced the idea of trade-offs, right? So this is what we're talking about. We're doing, we're seeking this one thing because we're turning away from annoyances, but then that has an, an impact on our overall happiness. And I was thinking about the trade-off that I'm, I'm looking to kind of you know, turn this formula upside down. So by moving into co-housing and I was just wondering what kind of annoyances am I inviting into my (laughs) life? Um, Some that I may be aware of because we talk about that when we talk of others, you know, the separation of the parking from our home. And the list of things that a lot of people talk about kind of in the, that hits them right in the face is all very physical and I realize that I can talk about all the physical, but I don't really have a good sense of the surprises that lay ahead for me on the <laughs> emotional side.
0: I think that one that um, surprises me that I've slipped back into now, not living in co-housing is the desire to have um, like a company ready house or a company oh. ready space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because in causing you just have more people in and out, or you even have the common house or you have the space outside. Mm-hmm. Um and and you can't always control or you don't control how that space mm-hmm. looks at any given time. You know, like one neighbor maybe have hung their laundry up mm. and you've got people coming over for dinner. You know what I mean? And you would never mm. have hung up laundry to say hello. It's it's mm. but it's a. Uh, you know you it is it's not irritating so much as it is just you have to you have to just deal with it you just have to put mm. up with it um so that's one that i've been i had kind of grown like oh well whatever it's fine and now that i don't live in co-housing, i've kind of gone back mm. to like oh, people are coming over we should get all the stuff oh, off wow. the stairs and put it put the stuff away on the stairs which it probably should get put away anyway but Um, I just wouldn't have really thought about that so much in cohousing. Well, you know,
1: I'm going to be looking forward to like, I think it's something we ought to talk about with our group before we move in, because we could have like this whole uh, calamity on our hands uh, crisis. Cause I was just (laughs) reflecting also, she talks about coaching freshmen through their first experiences at the dorm. And personally, I didn't have that experience, but my daughter certainly did. And it kind of hit me by surprise. The things that, were really a struggle for her, like noisy rooms. She wasn't used to that because we have a very quiet... There's only two kids. They're almost the same age, so they're not, you know... I grew up with babies in the room next to me, twin boys, <laughs> um, 11 years younger. So it was plenty noisy. And then things like sharing a bathroom. Six of us shared one bathroom. She'd never really had to deal with that. Just a general loss of control of her environment. and I, And it just made me think, oh, my gosh. So... Yeah. We'll probably should
0: have a conversation about yeah, this. Yeah. Well, the other one that I think of Lynn is um, I don't know if you felt this way, but when I had kids, I was kind of surprised that they were like always here. Like they <laughs> yes, oh, oh, okay. you know what I mean like yes. you're like, oh wow, we've been parents now for like two and a half weeks and it's still here. Like, how is this? Wow, how long does this go on for? And I think there's a little bit of that with co-housing too, like, oh, oh we've moved in and like, oh okay, those neighbors are always around and hi, saying hi. (laughs) Oh
1: my gosh.
0: When you open up, you know, that kind of, you open your life up to new people, you have to kind of get used to new people being in your life. Yeah, it's different.
1: (laughs) Thank you for that. Because that was really, that really cracked something open in me um, that kind of gives me a better insight to be prepared for, as social as I am, that it will feel like there's an uptick until I kind of learn how to manage it. I actually have heard of cozy housing groups when they first move in together, there's this like this intense kind of socialization. And then everybody kind of settles down into their, whatever their normal and comfort zone is. So that was very helpful.
0: And then I just think that, you know, people are, people's personal habits are not your own. And uh, therefore, they are annoying. <laughs> you know, yes, like, of course. They just course. are. And yeah. sometimes they are annoying and need to be fixed. And mm-hmm. sometimes they are annoying and they don't need to be and fixed. And it just doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter, but it matters to you. And yeah. so you have to figure out how to either make it not matter to you or appreciate the person for other reasons. Or or if it really needs to be fixed or changed, then, then you know, address it yeah. and do it. Yeah. But walking that line, you know, figuring out that line for yourself, because you can't be the person who like ha- everybody around you has to f- change their behavior. Um, but you also don't want to be the doormat who's like, oh, everything's fine as you slowly boil in, you know, frustration.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I think it's yeah. going to be interesting learning, you know, figuring out what's what what matters and what doesn't. I think that's going to be mm-hmm. an important thing. Yeah, You know, the, the other kind of angle on this regress, the regression perception that I thought was very interesting was uh, loss of prestige, you know, yeah. when, um, and, you know, I think that's why we can look back longingly as some of these messy, noisy, crazy houses we lived in in college and our life and our youth, because as we've left that behind, we've moved beyond, we have worked hard to achieve something different. And um, I do know that I talk to people often who have worked very hard to achieve a new status in mm-hmm. our society that was different than maybe their their uh, family of origin. And they really do feel like this would be beneath them because of either the zip code or the, 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 the house itself, you know, and I, I, I don't know if you felt any of that.
0: Well, I think even just sharing, you know, I think that Mm. that is very foreign to people because, and it's not valued in our society at Mm -hmm. all, you know? And so they think like, well, if you could do it on your own, why would you Mm. go to the bother of sharing? You know, you even think about that in terms of um, other, you know, other things in life that as you, as you have a higher income, you're used to buying control over things. So why would you voluntarily give up control over things like that's yeah. that's crazy <laughs> that's nuts Yeah. You know
1: well i mean just think about tools and equipment yeah um that right? you know if you go if i if i asked everybody in my street to turf out their lawnmowers weed whackers power washers we could we could open a
0: new home depot around here <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly but each person there's there's kind of a satisfaction Of being able to just go and buy it yourself or do it yourself or um, there is I think people just don't want to honestly I think they don't want
1: to negotiate the sharing of it like the scheduling of it yeah and I also don't think they want to negotiate the issues around if there's repairs like who's going to pay how are we going to were you using it when it broke but you know how does that work um, I say that because we have a shared power washer situation in our family <laughs> life right now. And that has had a few kind of tricky conversations. So.
0: <laughs> I also think, though, that there is a, you know, this perception that if you have to share something, it's because you couldn't do it on your own. Ah, you know? OK, so I wonder about like, you know, shared cars talking about that. That's, yeah, it's not super attractive in Houston to families who have, you know, three cars for two people, <laughs> like, yeah. that's what, you know, it's it's different. So yeah, That's I do good. think that there is a, a lack of prestige. I though also have experienced the prestige that comes with living in co-housing because uh people are also curious about it and mm. want to know. And so you often also get people who are like I'll be somewhere and people are like, oh, she's the one who lives in co-housing. Oh, tell them all about it, you know. So there is also mm-hmm. that you get you do gain a little bit of prestige. Yeah. The other end. Yeah. No,
1: I, I get it, but only with those people who are interested in, um, you know, doing things differently. Yes. The true, people true. who are, you know, living in certain zip codes and buying brand new cars for all six people in their family, they're not thinking it's a cool thing. So <laughs> they feel sorry for me that I'm so deluded. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I really like. She asked this very fun question that you uh, took notes on. Do you want to ask the the fun question, and are you going to answer it first? Lynn, do you have an answer that springs to mind? I do have. it. I do have actually one answer that happened last week. So okay, so let the, me ask, let me ask it yeah. then, and then you get to answer first. Okay. okay, so so you know she puts this hanging out in terms of daring to do something. So mm-hmm. the fun question is: When was the last time you dared to do not much with other people? Okay.
1: So when did you do? The last time was last week. I -hmm. had a friend visiting from Germany, and he uh, and another acquaintance who actually lives in Houston, they just called up and said, "We're coming over to spend the afternoon at your house."
0: Nice. That was it. What did you wind up doing? Did you nothing? We just
1: just sat on the couch, but it was and we talked. We barely even. I mean, I made coffee for one of them, tea for another. They weren't even that interested in that. And we just we just talked and talked and talked and didn't talk sometimes and, Mm -hmm. you know, talked about the same things. But there's an interesting aspect to this. Okay, this guy is not from the United States. He's German. So he is much more familiar with this. And also, I have lived with this person in community um, for a total of like three or four years of my life both as a professional when I was working in Germany and then earlier when I was a student. So he and I have a lot of history of living under the same roof kind of hangout, you know, time. And the, the other incident that has happened happens once a quarter with me is that I meet with my three best girlfriends who are Asian and live at the other end of the world. So we have these crazy conference call or zoom calls and, um, You know, if I was going to meet, if I meet with my European friends, my British friends, we might do an hour. That's a stretch. If I were to do this with American friends, it might be 30 minutes. But even then, I can't get them to get on Zoom anymore. With my Asian friends, after three hours, I have to break (laughs) it off. And I feel like I'm being rude. And we're just hanging on Zoom, not much going on. And they are just so wonderfully comfortable just being together, letting the conversation flow, really digging into how are you feeling about this? And I mean, it, we go all over the map and it is, I, it's the most delightful Zoom experience I've ever had. And I don't know anybody else who I can do that with. So I love that. But it's kind of scary.
0: Because <laughs> you never know what's going to come up or what's going to happen. or Well, you're
1: Just like, yeah, this feels long, yeah. you know?
0: If Do you ever just, fight, because she talks about that, that, you know, being in relationship with people is fighting too. Maybe you all are past that in your relationship.
1: Well, we're not, we're not, we're not living close enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think the people who I have lived with, like Peter, you know, who was here last week, we've had plenty of fights, big time mm-hmm. fights, because we lived together in very, very, very small quarters in a mm-hmm. uh, attic apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really tight. Um, so yeah, we do. We did fight, but it didn't seem very scary somehow when we were younger. I think yeah. as you get older, you're more you're more concerned that people aren't going to be able to move beyond things that might be said, uh, feelings that might be hurt, and you're feel perhaps in general less optimistic about the world. I would say a lot of my my age group is feeling less optimistic, and so that makes it harder to yeah. kind of overcome. Uh, hurt feelings. So we'll see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How about you? Yeah, Yeah, mine is pretty, um, in mine, you were actually there. So it was a retreat and this retreat had a, um, there was a huge fireplace and these big deep chairs and I knit. And so I plopped down and sat and knitted during some free time, unstructured time that we had. And people would just come in and they would just, you know, sit down and talk to me and then float away. And I just kept knitting and then other people came and hung out and we talked and, some stayed, some left, some people found games to do nearby. It just like, it had that, 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 real hangout feel of just, I'm just killing time. I'm just sitting here doing this. Um, and, you know, had some really lovely conversations, had some boring conversations, met some people I really liked, met some people who I was like, okay, that's, you know, mm-hmm. like it just was yeah. like, was like, yeah, just open to the world. And the world could find me easily.
1: But, you know, were you at the end of that feeling more connected to the group overall? Oh,
0: absolutely. And just also more, yeah, more connected to the group, but also just happier happier Mm. about the world, you know, Mm. those kinds of interactions just make me feel like it's all going to be okay, you know, it's all going to be You know, what
1: a perfect way to finish this podcast the day before we are starting a three-day retreat. Yay! And it kind of takes away some of the stress around, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're yeah. just going to be together. We're going to hang out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to have required podcast listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, let's just hang out.
1: I'll put the podcast in the show notes for everybody, and I just want to thank you, Kelly, for continually um, exposing me to new things, broadening my horizons, connecting me with interesting ideas. It's very stimulating, very fun, and I Gosh, hope. Our...
0: Thank you for always coming along. That's yeah. the best part.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope our listeners enjoy this, and we'll talk again next week. Bye. Take, take care. Bye.
0: Thanks for stopping by today. We're so glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston.